And church family, we come now to the message. Would you turn in your Bible, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, beginning at verse 62. Here is what the word of the Lord says. The next day, that is the day after the crucifixion of Jesus, on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They told him, Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than when we first, than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it as best as you can. So they sealed, so they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Matthew 28. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. My friends, our theme today is Tremendous Truths from the Resurrection. Tremendous Truths. We've been studying Tremendous truths in regards to Jesus' last week before the crucifixion. And now we come to this great account. And the first truth I want to share with you is so blessed and so exciting. First truth is this. Jesus keeps his word and his promises. Jesus had said that he would rise from the dead. And if you look at Matthew 27, verse 63... They told him, sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise from the dead. Even Jesus' enemies knew that that is what Jesus had said. Look also at Matthew 28, verse 5 and 6, where the angels uh, basically say, he isn't here, he has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen, just as he said. And there are several other places where it is recorded that Jesus said he would rise from the dead. Now, 
Why, why is the fact that Jesus keeps his word and his promises, why is this fact so very important? There are many reasons, many reasons. Because Jesus had made many other promises to you and me, which, uh, which because of the resurrection, you and me, we can be assured that Jesus' word and promises are true. Amen? He had made many other promises, spoken many words, and when we see the fact that he indeed rose from the dead, it's a powerful lesson to us that what Jesus said would happen. Now here are a few of Jesus' promises. One of them is this, the promise that God will meet your needs. The Lord will meet your needs. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter six, verse 33, Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. And that is the New Living Translation. Or the New International Version puts it like this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. My friends, be encouraged. Be encouraged. You can count on Jesus. We can depend upon the Lord and his promise that God will meet your needs as you seek him first. Amen? That's not my promise. It's not the promise of the church. It's the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, seek first his kingdom and all these things, that which you need, shall be added unto you. Amen? Here's another promise. There's the promise that Jesus will be with you. In Matthew 28, verse 20, and in other places, but in Matthew 28, verse 20, Jesus says, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is his promise. Many times people feel very much alone. Many times people feel very much like no one cares, that there is no one with them. But I want to remind you today, Jesus said, I am with you. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you give your heart and your life to him, you can be assured that he is with you. He is the one who made that promise to you. He is the one who is interested dearly and deeply in your life. Amen? Here's another promise. The, the, the Lord gives the promise of peace. Peace in your mind and heart. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you, here it is, and the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled, he says. Don't be troubled or afraid. Isn't that good news? The Lord is able to give you and me. He's able to give you up in the balcony. Radio listeners, he's able to give you, on each one of us, peace in our mind and heart. There are many things that can tear our minds and hearts. There are many things that can bother us and trouble us. And the good news is, he is able to give to you his peace a peace that passeth all understanding. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, we got one or two cheerleaders here. That's great. That's great. That's great. Here's another promise. The promise to make you holy. The promise to make you holy. 
in what is sometimes referred to as the high priestly prayer, which Jesus prayed in John 17, in verse 17 and 20, Jesus says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Isn't that good? Jesus said, make them holy by your truth. You see, you and I, we can trust in the Lord to make us holy, to change and purify our hearts. We don't, we don't have to live constantly sinning. We don't have to live constantly doing wrong and saying, well, I just can't help myself. No, Jesus prayed for us to be a holy people. He wants to make your heart and mine, each of our hearts, clean, purified. And so on this Easter Sunday, I want to invite you to pray, Lord, purify my heart. Cleanse me, purify, sanctify through and through so that I have the right motives, I have the right spirit, I have the right attitude. Amen and amen. Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. But there's another promise I want to speak of before we leave this, this point, and it is this. The promise that Jesus gives, the promise to give you eternal life in heaven. Amen? It is his promise in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That whosoever, that whosoever can be you and you and you and you and me, each one of us. Amen? In John 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Isn't that good? For Christ's followers, death is not the end. Death is not the end. It is the passage into heaven with the Lord. Amen? Now these are just a few, just a few of the promises which Jesus made. And you and I can bank on them. We can bank on the fact that Jesus keeps his word and his promises because ultimately he said, I will be crucified. I will die, but I will raised up. I will be risen. I will be raised up. The good news is Jesus rose from the dead just as he said would happen and we can be certain. We can be sure that Jesus has the authority and the power to carry out all of his other promises made to you and to me. And my heart says, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen. Behold the first tremendous truth as we reflect upon the resurrection, Jesus keeps his word and his promises. Here's the second truth we must focus on. <clears throat> it is this. The Lord wants you and me to have faith that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? Think upon chapter 28 of Matthew, verses five and six once again. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, 
just as he said would happen. Here it is. Come, see where his body was lying. Come, see where his body was lying. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? Come, see where his body was lying. The angel wanted the ladies, and the Lord wants you and me to discover that the tomb was empty. And then in verse nine, in verse nine, the ladies must have been thrilled to see that Jesus met them and greeted them. Jesus met them and greeted them. Amen? Please look at verse two again in Matthew 28. Matthew 28, verse two says, Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. It says an angel of the Lord rolled aside the stone. Was, was the stone across the tomb rolled away so that Jesus could get out? The answer is no. It wasn't, it wasn't so Jesus could get out. The Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 and 26, basically tell us that the risen Jesus was able to miraculously go through all kinds of walls and anything, really. Jesus could have miraculously exited the tomb without the big stone having been moved by the angel. So the question is why? Why did the angel remove the stone. It was not to enable Jesus to make his way out of the tomb. It was to enable the women and also Peter and John. It was to enable them to enter the tomb and to see that Jesus was not there. And it was so the angel could say, he is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. Come and see. And my friends, the Lord also wants you and me to have faith that Jesus rose from the dead. And because of Christ's glorious resurrection, because of his glorious resurrection, we are made right with God. Romans 4.25 says this. Can we put that up on the screen, please? Romans 4.25 says, He, Jesus, was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Amen? Because of Jesus' resurrection, we too will be resurrected. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 20, we read this promise. We read, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. 
But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, and then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Amen? We too will be resurrected. And because of Christ's resurrection, we will have new transformed bodies. In 1 Corinthians 15, a little bit later, at verse 51, it says, But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. We'll be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Isn't that good news? Good news indeed. There are many of you, there are many of us who struggle, struggle with things like arthritis and high blood pressure and diabetes and knee pain and hip pain and back pain, and mother-in-law pain. <laughs> Just want to see if you're listening. Just want to see if you're listening. Mother-in-laws are wonderful. Yes. My son-in-law has a wonderful mother-in-law. <laughs> I'll live another day. <laughs> Many struggle with migraine, headaches, and poor eyesight, and strokes, and cancer, and heart attacks, and many other body and mind ailments. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord because of Jesus' resurrection. Someday you and I will have new transformed bodies. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You will no longer suffer with arthritis and high blood pressure and diabetes and all the other things I spoke of. You will have a new transformed body and maybe, maybe you'll wear a t-shirt. Maybe you'll wear a t-shirt that says GBT, which stands for God's Beautiful Transformation. Amen? Yes. Yes. Get my wife a t-shirt that says GBT, would you? For no other reason, no other reason but in remembrance of this message. <laughs> no, you have a beautiful body, honey. I'm, I better move on. I better move on here. <laughs> somehow that, somehow, just a reminder, stick to the notes, stick to the notes. <laughs> All right. In the musical... In the musical which our church choir is going to sing today, one of the songs, one of the songs is called Mercy Tree. And essentially, it, re it refers to the cross on which Jesus died. Mercy Tree refers to the cross. And after Jesus' death on the cross, the song talks about Easter Sunday and the words... The words of the song say this, that it says, on that bright and glorious day, heaven opened up the grave. He's alive and risen indeed. Oh, praise him for the mercy tree. Death has died, love has won. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus Christ has overcome. He has risen from the dead. He's risen from the dead. 
One day soon we'll see his face and every tear he'll wipe away. No more pain or suffering. Oh, praise him for the mercy tree. Death has died, love has won. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus Christ has overcome. He has risen from the dead. My friends, if as yet you do not believe, today I invite you. I invite you to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. There's a third tremendous truth I want to share with you, and it is this. Number three. Read it out loud from the big screen with me. The women were told, and you and I are also told, to share and spread the news that Jesus is risen. Notice this truth starting in verse 7, where, where the angel is speaking. The angel is speaking, and in verse 7, the angel says, And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Now think about it. Think about it. As soon as the women discovered the fact of the risen Christ, their first responsibility was to proclaim it and share the news with others. The angel said to them in verse 7, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. Go and tell is the first command which comes to all of us who have discovered the wonder of Jesus Christ for ourselves. Amen? And so I want to ask you, I want to ask you in this moment to, to turn to the person next to you and say, and say out loud, he is risen, all right? On the count of three, I just want you to turn the person to the left, right, whatever. I just want you to turn it out loud on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. He is risen, all right? He is risen. Turn to someone else. Turn to someone else and say to them, he is risen. Amen? Now, congregation, on, on the main level here, those of you who can see the balcony, congregation on the main level, would you just stand? Stand for a moment, all right? All right, stand, 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 stand. And turn around, turn around. Look at the beautiful people up in the balcony. And on the count of three, I want you to say, he is risen. Ready? Ready? One, two, three. He is risen. Amen, amen. Now, look at them. Continue to look at them. They're beautiful, handsome, all right? Folks up in the balcony, folks up in the balcony, you stand, please. You stand. Ready? And on the count of three, you're going to say, he is risen indeed. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. He is risen indeed. Congregation at the back, on the main level, everyone just stand and together, stand together, would you? On three. One, two, three. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen? Anthony, would you come? All right, just look at me here. Look at me. I've been trying to improve my looks. <laughs> Share the good news. 
Share the good news with the people closest to you. Share the good news that Jesus is risen at home, at work, at school, at play. Share face-to-face. -face. Share by text messages. Share through phone calls or emails. And let us also share the good news that Jesus is risen by praying for our missionaries and giving generously to world missions to support our missionaries. Amen? As I was thinking of this marvelous truth, I couldn't help but think of alive, alive, alive forevermore. Alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive, alive forevermore. Alive, alive, alive forevermore. My Jesus is alive. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. Church family, our Jesus who's alive wants to be in your heart. He wants to live and rule and reign in your heart and life. Many of you have said, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. I want, I want you, Jesus, to be the ruler of my life. But if as yet you have not surrendered your heart and life to Jesus, I invite you on this Easter Sunday to make your decision. And you can make your decision to surrender your life by repenting of your sins, believing that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sins and rose from the tomb victorious over death on the third day. And now he says to you and to me, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. As the choir sings this beautiful production, if as yet you have not made your peace with God, as the choir sings, I want to encourage you to bow your head where you are and to say, Lord, I surrender my heart and my life to you. On this Easter Sunday, I choose to commit my life to you, to be born again spiritually, and to live my life as a true follower of Jesus. 
Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we celebrate your resurrection and we celebrate the good news that you can and you want to be alive in our individual hearts and lives. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the blessings of the resurrection. Thank you for these tremendous truths. And I pray that you will help each one of us to be at that point where we know that our faith and trust is firmly rooted in you, in Jesus Christ, the resurrected one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.